welcome to the Track 7 podcast. I'm Rob and with me is my co-editor Ryan. Hey. Super enthusiastic as always. This is the first Track 7 podcast and this is a conversation we had with Pup when they were playing Coco with the Wonder Years earlier this year. In fact, Stefan basically acted as a tech for us at that point. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck we did. <laughs> it was, it um. was genuinely <laughs> embarrassing to show up and not know how to make a microphone work. But, I mean, they're, they're a smart group of guys. We just have to interview bands that are smart. Yeah. No idiots. <laughs> no idiots, and preferably ones that have got like music tech degrees. Yeah, narrows our field a bit, but fine, we'll figure it out. So because we record it through one mic and we're still figuring out how all this shit works, the sound quality is a little bit low and probably worse than this is sounding right now, but that's definitely something that we're working on. And the other thing to say is just that I basically say three words during this interview. Is There's nothing you're missing. I'm not like <laughs> off mic holding forth with all this words and wisdom that just aren't being picked up. I'm just sat there like a mute, basically. <laughs> I mean, like, that's not your fault. Like... It's a, like I've interviewed Pop a bunch of times. Like, yeah, I, mean, don't, I, I don't feel don't feel too bad about that. There'll, there'll be other ones we'll be talking to the nerdy bands you like <laughs> that you'll be talking mostly. Like when we walked into that room, it, it felt a little bit like a, a, a reunion that I was awkwardly left out of. I lost a big hugs and like, hi guys. Yeah, it's kind of like you know when you meet a friend from school who super liked your old girlfriend and then you've got a new girlfriend. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and this is and this is Rob. Yeah, I mean that's actually accurate. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, how about the conversation itself? Yeah, it was fun. Um, like, main thing I always talk about was like, I mean, that, you know, super proud of um, their Canadian roots and the music scene back there. So I was, I was stoked to get into that with them. Yeah, it was just a lovely time. I was also stoked to get a shout out for Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette, one of the oh, best shit, albums of yeah. all time, objectively. Yeah, I, I was, I was less stoked that I had to name drop brand new as being terrible live these <laughs> days but sure you 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 told me not to say it you were you were properly holding back like i don't think we should diss brand new and then you went ahead and did anyway well I feel, we're not gonna fucking get brand new on a podcast are we let's be honest wouldn't it be good if we did though we could actually just be like why are you shit live now i don't want to do it I, it bums me out didn't you just sit there like reciting beat poetry <laughs> <laughs> fucking probably like, oh, this is what you want, isn't it? I'm really warping your mind. Fuck it. All right, let's just get on with the, yeah, let's so, get on with the um, pop podcast. So if you're listening to this, you probably know this already, but we are at track underscore seven on Twitter, and that's about the only social media channel that we're really using with any enthusiasm anyway, <laughs> so... We've got a Facebook if you like cold links. Yeah. <laughs> cold links and cold takes, track seven way. Yeah, yeah. cool. So here is our conversation with Pop. I wanted to talk about with you guys was Canadian punk because I was talking about Canadian music with a friend the other day. First thing they, they come out was oh yeah like Justin Bieber and Drake, <laughs> and where and where sure. like where my head is it's like you guys single mothers and cancer bats. Mm. Like coming up in coming up in Canada, what's that punk scene like? Like how sort of how good is Canada at nurturing like a punk right, punk outfit? Right now it's fucking awesome. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like you said, cancer bats. Uh, you got Flatliners and Mets and uh, Single Mothers and Pew 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 and Is that how you others. say that? Pew Pew Pew, yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Fucked up. Fucked up. Yeah, there's... Um, and, you know, those are just Ontario bands, but you got, like, Japan Droids on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, White Lung. And, you know, you, we can just keep going on and on. But, I don't know. I, I wonder if we actually talked about this last time, but the reason why I think there are a lot of great bands in Toronto right now is because when we were coming up, like, when we were, like, 14, 15, there was an all-ages scene there. Okay. A really strong all-ages scene uh, with multiple venues, shows... Uh, all the time and promoters at those venues like encouraging kids to form bands so that they could open for the touring bands yeah so when we were like 15 and 16 and kind of that age all of my friends had their own bands Mm -hmm. and we were all getting gigs regularly we were all playing these all ages venues in Toronto at least once a month yeah opening for touring bands like punk like touring punk bands so now 10 years later all those people have kind of actually gotten to not suck at their instruments. Yeah. And all of those people have sort of formed their own little network. And um, and you're just seeing all of these, like, kind of, like, weird ska kids from mm-hmm. when they were 14. They're now, like, 27, and they are, they're all great at music because they've mm-hmm. been playing live all the time for 10 years, 10 plus years. Right. And uh, there's a lot of cool bands coming out of it. Yeah, right? and even people are branching out, too. Like, there are people from that, that scene in that world who are now, like, scoring film. And, you know, it, but that sort of attitude of, like, hard work and kind of yeah. th- those sort of DIY roots are really kind of, I think, helping people kind of elevate themselves to where they want to be, mm-hmm. whether that's punk bands or, or whatever. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, and, and because there were so many bands, like, doing yeah. it, there was no, there's no space now in Toronto for mediocrity. So every band, like, if you play in a band and you want to get good gigs in Toronto... You have to work really hard. Yeah. And you can't just be like the band that practices every three weeks and plays a gig because there's no bands in town to be the local opener. There's a million local openers. So everybody is just forced to like work as hard as everyone else. Mm. And that just kind of creates this culture of uh, friendly competition of bands that are all friends but are all working as hard as they can because you need to be at the top of your game to get the gig, you know? Right. Canada seems to do well in like sort of promoting its own music as well. Like you guys have like, is it true that you guys have this thing where if if like a non-Canadian band comes through, like on a tour or something like, there has to be a Canadian band on the bill somewhere? Uh, no, I think maybe what you're thinking of is uh, there's a Canadian content law. Yeah, that, but that that is mostly to do with TV like and radio, radio and right. TV and yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah, so. But you know, strangely enough, that doesn't really affect the punk community in Canada because a punk bands aren't getting played on the radio yeah. even in Canada like we're not getting played on Canadian radio it's not what, but the effect that that has is if you play in a rock pop popular like in a radio rock band and you're Canadian what might happen is because of Canadian content you get radio play all the time yeah. and you become really big in Canada but it's really limiting because then you just kind of end up in this Canadian bubble and you know America's not playing you on their radio because they don't have Canadian content requirements obviously right. you're not coming to the UK so it ends up kind of creating this false community of uh, successful I'm doing air quotes but successful uh, bands who are just getting played on Canadian radio all it's the time. a bubble yeah it's, yeah, a, it's bubble. a weird bubble but the punk scene in Canada seems immune to that I mean the only band that I can think of that we just listed that's kind of benefited from that has been um, Japan Droids. And they've done really well at radio, but they've also done really well internationally, which is fucking 
amazing. And hearing, and I remember when when that when Celebration Rock came out, and those those songs, a couple of those singles were on the radio. It was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, totally I can't believe normal. this is on the radio, yeah. and not in a bad way, like you know, but just like holy shit, in an aw- in an awesome way, like, yeah, in a way where it's like you get so fucking sick of hearing the po- super polished pop schlock on the radio when you're driving around and the a punk band comes on in your drive hour at like mm. you know 9am and it's like holy shit this is yeah. wicked Alexis was kind of like that too yeah. back in the day That's but that right. was about that was like 10 years uh, ago yeah that was 10 years ago but yeah Alexis was the same thing yeah. it was like a band that totally didn't belong on the radio that somehow broke through and gave hope to you know actually if Flatliners used to be a radio band in Canada like 10 years ago as well and it was kind of bands like the Flatliners and you know Alexis and, and bands like that when you're like 15 and 16 years old watching these bands kind of develop and and get to that level that kind of gives you hope like holy shit like maybe I can start a band and maybe one day people will mm. care about yeah, it yeah of course like Leap, you know, those bands are they kind of lead by example, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they were total role role models for me, anyways. You know what I will say though, and I think I wouldn't discount people like Drake entirely, Uh, and not that we are seeing any direct benefit from Drake's like massive worldwide success, but I think Drake uh, did like similar things to what, say, like a broken social scene did Mm -hmm. for a larger network of bands in the city where all of a sudden these couple of artists are acting kind of like lightning rods in the same way that maybe Fucked Up did. Yeah. Um, and people are like, holy shit, there's a lot going on in Toronto. How did they turn out this rapper? How did they turn out this weird indie rock collective? Mm-hmm. How did they turn out turn out this like art house punk band? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and people kind of aren't just like, oh, Toronto, look at the Canadians, that's so nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? People, like, see the city now. So taking it more seriously. Yeah, yeah. And, and as the kind of diverse... Uh, city of like many scenes that I think a lot of people in Canada and in Toronto kind of take uh, as like as for, not for granted but at, like it's just understood that there is yeah. a lot of that in Toronto. I think that is kind of emerging more on a on an international level than than it did previously. Yeah, it kind of wakes up the global community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I think the you know Drake is part of that because he is talking about the city. Uh, yeah, and I mean you know. Uh, he's not going. Oh, you should listen to Puff. It would be great if he did. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. But like, but if people listening. all of a sudden Toronto is just kind of subconsciously yeah. in in people's minds. It's an because, accepted music city now. Like, yeah, and, and I think I think that you can't discount that. You know what I mean? That's a. I was talking to someone who um, they run a venue in um, in Michigan, and they were saying that um, like it felt like Eminem had the same impact for rock bands from Detroit, just because it was like, oh, this wasn't seen as like a. Yeah. It was a music town before, yeah. but then people started to actively check it out. And I guess now with yeah. Bandcamp and shit as well, you can search by location tags and shit. Yeah. So I guess yeah. if a kid hears Drake, like, oh shit, Toronto exists. Yeah. Like, I mean, Bandcamp did a great uh, mm-hmm. essay about Toronto. Yeah. Just just maybe three or four months ago. Um, yeah, so that's nice. I mean, and anyone who both represents the city and tries to build its profile internationally I think is cool regardless of whether you yeah you know. it's alright yeah. you've not said much what's your first Canadian band you you, you were into first game honestly yeah. I, I, I'm going to give my honest one the yeah. first record that I ever bought was Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette nice. oh, right on great record <laughs> huge 
I'll back that record still. Yeah, yeah massive. My, my first exposure to Canadian music was Silverstein, which is a little less... Yeah. Which is a little less credible, I guess. No, I don't uh, think so. I mean, again, like, you want to talk about yeah. bands that are doing things to build the community. I mean, Silverstein is doing that... Uh, oh, shit, what's it called? The two-night thing that they do. Uh, they did it at the Danforth. Uh, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> the, the music festival thing that we brought all the bands in. Stay warm? Stay warm. Um, uh, sorry, Billy. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, even that, they're, they're working to build that. Yeah. And support those bands. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the reason why there's a lot of bands that are happening internationally from Toronto right now is because I feel like, uh, it's just a cycle. Like, like, there are a lot of bands that repped us at the beginning from Toronto. Yeah. You know, Flatliners being one of them, and, and a, bu- a bunch of different kind of punk bands that kind of stood up and said pay attention to these little guys and now you know it's our turn to do the same thing with bands like PPP yeah like you're always shouting those guys out yeah even when I interviewed you before you like you gave me the heads up on them and it's the same with all of this the scenes I feel like Toronto's really proud like this like Stay Warm and Silverstein and uh, Drake and uh, The Weeknd I guess is that a thing yeah totally yeah yeah yeah. motherfuckers working with Daft Punk now but like but like Weekend's the, huge. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, but he's as far as I understand. I don't want to pretend to be an expert on this, but as far as I understand, is Drake gave him his shot. Yeah, he started right? through OVO. So, yeah. so it's kind of like uh, in a lot of the musical communities in Toronto. I feel like maybe it's a Canadian mentality where it's like, fuck, it's hard to make it as a musician in Canada, or it used to be yeah. really hard because we we're so uh, separated and isolated from the yeah. world, but. But I feel like now there's this culture of, like, when people start paying attention to you, it's your job to force them to pay attention. To dra- drag up everyone around you as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's awesome and important. And, uh, you know, that's that's why we're here. And yeah. I hope that we can help other bands get Let's get some world. recommendations on new, new Canadian bands. And, like... Mm. Like, apart from PPP because you yeah. said those like, we're, the, we're gonna rep those there's a band that I love that are doing this really weird kind of like punky jazz okay. beatnik thing called The Holy Gasp they're really right. really fun they're super out there uh, the lead singer Ben is like this mad professor looking guy who plays the bongos and just spouts crazy <laughs> lyrics uh, they're, they're awesome I really like them I think they're fun uh, yeah there's a cool uh, band called Partner um, that haven't haven't done too much outside of Canada, but I'm I'm sure they will. If I had to describe their their show, it would be like almost a Diarrhea Planet kind of thing. Right. Uh, they're amazing. They they shred so hard. Um, uh, and uh, you know there are uh, there are other bands that hopefully people in the UK have heard about because they've been over uh, but that are awesome like Single Mothers yeah. and uh, and um, Dirty Nell and yeah. bands like that who uh, you know hopefully it's just a matter of time till those bands can kind of take the next step and and really like get in front of a lot of people because yeah. they're amazing yeah Dirty Nell are like definitely making some impression yeah everything. it's great um, I think that's, they're opening amazing as well right Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so let's bring it back to pub for me. Like, we're a year on. Well, no, we're not. We're about what seven months on from Dreamers Over now. 
Yeah, May of last year? May, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so June, like, July, yes. August, September. So that's it. Seven. And that that makes it what? Like, about a year since you were told, hey, stop being an idiot, right? Like, about your voice. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah, about that. So, um... A year and a have, bit, you, yeah. have you chilled out at all? Like... Like, the touring, like, obviously, you, you were saying earlier, this is a shorter run, but, like... Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of... You know what? Uh, a year ago, even before the voice problems that I encountered, um, you know, I kind of told everybody, you know, I told the boys and uh, my girlfriend and all this, like, you know, we're never going to tour like we toured before. Like, okay. we did 200, 250 <laughs> shows in a year. Like, we're never going to do that shit again, like... It's cool. We're just like we're just gonna mellow out. Maybe do 150 shows in a year, whatever. Um, and then the dream is over. Came out and we did a three and a half month tour to kick it off. Which is, I mean, if you're in a touring band, you know how fucked that is. But if you're not in a touring band, let me just say that a really long tour is five to six weeks, and we did three and a half months straight. Yeah, it was over 100 days. Without stopping, uh, not more than oh. two days off. Yeah, because um, well, that was around the time I, sp- I spoke to you guys previously. We were just starting. That was the first. That was probably the first five days of a hundred and twenty days or whatever we talked to. Yeah. So basically, no, you're not chilling. <laughs> you, you've not really chilled out, or no, well, no, well, no. Well, I mean, we have, we haven't, we haven't. I mean, it's still, we're still touring a lot. Like yeah. we still. It's not something that we can get away from or we really want to get away from because it's really fun for us and it's also how we make money and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a great time and, and the, the band dynamic just works. Like no one's, no one's, uh, everyone's mature about how tough this is. Also, um, we're fucking boring. It's like as people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm pretty cool. <laughs> no, but I, what I mean, I guess I'm, what I mean is like... You know, uh, crazy party types on tour. No, like we much prefer her. It's not that we don't drink or like we're drinking right now. I, say, I, see, I saw you guys at fest. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did I see you at fest? Because I don't even re- I don't remember meeting anyone that. Yeah, yeah, I, I ran into you at fest. But God, was, oh man, one night and I was just. I was getting pizza or high and you were walking, just kind of walking by. Uh, I was like, hey, dude, and you just kind of like, and didn't say anything. You just like kind of looked very looked very excited, but couldn't get any words. That was. <laughs> man, we have a lyric. <clears throat> three beers and I'm so messed up. <laughs> that was about thirty beers that night. So at that night, so I guess this is gonna contradict what I just said, but <laughs> that night, that night. Yeah, I've called you on your bullshit. <laughs> I've never seen. I've never seen, or rarely. That's not true. Not never, but rarely yeah. do I see Stefan act with such uh, reckless abandon, which is amazing because Stefan and reckless abandon actually are are fantastic together. Uh, and he's right. He's not boring. Uh, he just like was like, my phone's about to die. I don't have the address of our hotel. Fuck it, man. I'm sleeping in the street. Like, All right, man. See you later. Like, but but I guess what I mean is that that's not every night. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like at, at some you have to not be afraid to be workmanlike about this in times when that is what it's meant. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you're. You, you're in the middle of a three and a half month tour and you go and you kill yourself and you're sick for the rest of the tour and you know for me 
getting too fucked up too many times, I just my voice will be gone. You yeah. know, I'm so I'm super careful about that kind of stuff now. So yeah, you you really have to remember like, you know, it's really fun to party. <laughs> and we do do it when we can. But like tonight, uh, we're gonna do it tonight. But it but yeah. <laughs> but if you do it all the time you're going to get to party for exactly one week and then you're going to yeah. cancel the rest of your touring and that's going to be it. And I think the four of us want to be a touring band for a long time. Yeah. Like I want to tour, I want to be touring a lot yeah. 10 years from now. Like partying is, doesn't make, doesn't feel as good as canceling shows feels bad. Yeah. If that makes sense. Sorry, no, not that, mean, not like, that we've ever canceled shows because of partying. That's no, a, no, that's no, 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 a, no. That's never. I should. We should put that on the record. I didn't hemorrhage my vocal cords because I was partying. We did. We've never canceled a show because we were. No. Because we were irresponsible. There is no such thing as being too hungover to play. <sighs> I mean, your so, your songs can't be easy to play hungover. Eh, like, you just sweat more. I just sweat. Fair enough. But like, and that's right, Stefan. But what I mean is you want to kind of treat this with the responsibility because we want to be able to go out every night and give people a show. Yeah. And actually, like, I'm tired of of watching bands that treat gigs as though the audience is... Just holding in contempt. Yeah, like the audience, like they're doing the audience a favor for fucking showing up, right? Because it's (laughs) it's the other way around. (laughs) It really is the other way around, and like, and, and you have to kind of like. <laughs> there, there's we we watched a band at Riot Fest uh, this year, and like it was just a little like. You clearly don't enjoy playing your songs. Why are you even a band then? Like, yeah. What's a band? Spill the beans. Yeah. Right, it's brand new. Brand new. Yeah, they they just kind of looked like whenever they had to play anything that was like off of anything other than the last record, it was just kind of like mm. total utter, like contempt because. They know everyone's gonna sing along to it, and I and I sympathise. Sure. Like you don't want to be playing the songs you wrote when you were eighteen when you're like thirty something. Like fine, but yeah. it just it's so obvious in their faces. And then like when we watched Def Cab, like what an hour an hour later, what, straight after. Straight after, yeah, one I, stage into another. And Def Def Cab were like, cool, we'll play all the hits and we'll do it with a smile on our face because like that's why you got, like you guys are here to buy tickets. Like yeah, you know, like, I don't know, it just felt. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it, and I'm not saying it's an easy thing to negotiate, yeah. but uh, there like this is a very we're very privileged to be able to do what we do. Yeah. And ultimately, w- whether it's you know Stefan ensuring his vocal health or us learning how to tour in a long term way in other ways, we're doing that because we recognize how lucky we are and we love what we do and we want to kind of. Maintain that. Where did you Where did you guys like take that drive from? Like, what like artists were you guys looking at and being like, okay, cool, They're, those are like the Road Warrior bands, like Cancer Bats. Mm. Yeah, I. I uh, there's a uh, also Mets. Do you guys know Mets? Are you familiar? Mets. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw, they play the the dome. Not yeah. yeah. They're uh, those bands are just like. I guess they're peers of ours, but they started touring a couple years before we did mm-hmm. and both those bands kind of like you know we're friends with uh, both those bands and they, those are two bands that have really kind of shown us that like <laughs> you want to play music that isn't going to get played on the radio you want to play music that's not going to be in a car commercial yeah 
you better fucking road dog it and you better be smart about it. And um, since the, f- the, f- the since the day that we decided we were going to like try to take this band seriously, mm-hmm. we've been focused on playing live all the time. And now, you know, we're strategic about it. Like sometimes you can't overdo it uh, just because you don't want to burn your crowds out. But um, bands like that have really taught us like the way that you're going to make this work is by being on the road all the time. And if you don't love being on the road, your band's not going to work. So just like figure out a way that everyone is going to get along and you guys are going to have fun every single night and go out and love what you do and just do it as much as you can. Because Mm -hmm. you know what, in like a few years chances are people aren't going to give a shit about this band yeah. <laughs> you know or who not you know like yeah i so, mean and then but then it's like we've also thought about who are these bands with longevity that do this and still don't really find a lot of that radio play and, and you look yeah. at a band like spoon and they're not really in our world are they but, a, a genuine question are they road dog in it they tour, they tour a lot, band. yeah. I, I love mean, that band. Yeah, but, Spoon are amazing. And, but the thing is, is that, and this kind of speaks to that whether or not you have to play the hits kind of thing, yeah. they somehow have found a way to tour enough that it doesn't seem to break anyone down, uh, but also write records that are still interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is a band that, that has been going for what? 10, 15, min- at, at the, the 20 maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like, like this is not a band that that is like five years on. This is a this is like a, a band with a pedigree that still is kind of consistently recording and touring and and doing it and has figured out a way to 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 maintain that longevity while not conceding anything necessarily in the live show. Yeah, and well, that's fascinating to me. More than concede, like I think it's your job if you're if you're a hardworking touring band. It's your job that the the touring is going to be the thing that drives you the most, you know? Like, I want touring to inspire this band. I want to, like, come home and feel like, holy shit, so much crazy shit happened on the road that, like, we have to write about it. Like, you know, we got to turn this energy that we've had for three and a half months into something that people can hear. Yeah. You know? Um, I, yeah. I mean, right now, like, we're not burnt out. No. We fucking love touring. Yeah. I'll <laughs> be honest, important. this is probably the best mood I've seen you guys in on a tour. I think yeah, last we, time... we were hurting a little bit the last time. I think I was grumpy. I mean, I think I was probably grumpy last time we hung out. Oh, not at Fest, evidently. I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm not counting that one. Uh, no, but last time we were in England, you know, I mean, it's a, it is a lot of pressure to be like... You got three and a half months of shows. You know, you don't want to cancel anything. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, there's a lot, especially when you're a, a young band, like how we kind of are, and you've just put out a record that's like being fairly well received. There's a lot of pressure, a lot's riding on that tour. Yeah. Because if you if you have to bail on your, your you know, release tour or whatever you want to call it. You just, you don't, you don't have the momentum on the release. Yeah, it's, it's like you're dead in the water. So there's a lot of pressure and knowing, you know, knowing that it's three and a half months and you can't, like, I get sick a lot, but you can't be sick on tour. It just, you can't perform if you are. It's a, it's a, 
it's a weird thing. So, so there's like a, I feel like there's a lot of pressure and sometimes if the tour is too long or too demanding, that kind of, um, infects your, your brain, <laughs> like your outlook. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying hard to change that about myself. Cause I noticed that like when I'm a bit too stressed out about a tour or, or something, uh, up yeah, and I start to get a little miserable, and I, I, I stop kind of liking being on the road, which is the worst thing, because it's all I've ever wanted to do my whole life. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying hard to just not stress out as much, and also have that reflected in the touring, so that maybe we shouldn't do three and a half months on tour anymore. Maybe we should do three individual month-long tours with two weeks in between, and I'll just have a blast all the time. Right. You know? And it's, that's the sort of thing, like, you don't... That's learned through experience. I was going to say, you live in love with that shit. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, yeah. The, the, you could have any of the bands that we brought up before, Cancer Rats, Mets, <clears throat> Spoon, fuck, and they could be like, this is the way we do it, and you could be like, cool, let's try that, and yeah. it would fall apart in a week and a half. Whatever, yeah. right? Um... Yeah, I mean, that was really it for us. It was like, we were talking about this the other day, when you were like, there were like eight months there where I was just happy to fucking get drunk. Yeah. Like, really drunk, every night. And it was like, oh, okay, that was dumb. That's probably not something <laughs> yeah. I should do. And it's not because, like... No, that was fun for the first eight months. Yeah, but again, but the thing is, is that, like, <laughs> once... You know what it was? I When I figured out that that was not a viable strategy was in... Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, on the on tour with the Menzingers and La Maria and Cayetana, and we were like four or five days out from having to do a KXP session in Seattle, and I was like miserably sick, just fucking face full of snot, and I was like, I can't, we, I cannot allow my body to be like this when we're going to something like KXP that I personally before this band was even a thing loved i love watching those sessions those yeah. sessions are amazing and it's like and that's the kind of shit that lives on and you're like i don't want to be some like trashy shitty mess yeah. snot coming down my face you know and like we're fucking lucky to have been have done that in the first place i, I mean i keep coming back to this but and it was like okay maybe maybe i can't drink and like just get yeah. Be the last guy going to bed every night. Yeah. But you can still do it most <clears throat> nights, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I also don't, I just don't sleep that well. That's <laughs> the other thing, right? But, like, the difference, it's a difference in degree more than anything, yeah. I think, now, where it's like, we'll go back and have a whiskey after the gig at wherever we're staying. And so even if, even if you're up until 2 a.m., 3 a.m., but you're at the place you're staying... It's, it's a marked difference than, say, being out at the bar after the, yeah. the show until 3 a.m. Because you're not screaming at each other to be heard. It, there are all these, yeah. like, tiny, tiny physical things that... That, that 3 a.m. at the bar is a once, maybe twice a week kind of luxury now. It's, it's like a job, you know? You go out on your Friday, Saturday nights and you fucking get dick hammered. <laughs> and then you go to work on Monday, you know? Although... So, so this is our Saturday, then. So this is our Saturday. So Tonight. some of our friends, though, I mean, we're on tour with a band right now called Tiny Moving Parts, who we've toured with before. 
some, some of the most wonderful dudes that I've ever met in my whole life. And somehow... Those boys can do it. They light it up every <laughs> night. Like, it's... It's insane. They I'm are, jealous. They are, oh, I am yeah. legitimately jealous. They're happy-go-lucky, and they fucking know how to party, and I feel like a lame old man around them, even though I'm the same age as all of them. Yeah. But, uh, but th- no, they're they're great. And they're, bands like that also inspire me uh, in a different way than bands like you know Mets and Spoon, but in a way that it's like, these fucking dudes are so happy and excited to be yeah. on tour with their best friends like you know crossing an ocean and playing gigs and just l- wanting to have the best experience that they can in life at this age and i think that's real admirable and seeing good. them makes me like like rediscover mm-hmm. my love for this when i'm feeling bummed yeah out it, put, it puts, puts your bad moods into perspective yeah 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 um, so I'm aware you guys have to head off in a sec. No, whatever. Um, do you not? Like we were told, like we can. Well, like one last one. You like you mentioned you mentioned about like Spoon and how long they've been doing it. Like, do you? I mean, this sounds like some boring job interview question, but do you guys see yourself doing that? Like, as as long as Spoon have been doing it. Let's let's say it has been twenty years. I think, honestly, I don't know if we are the ones who make that decision. Okay. We make the decision about whether or not we can handle it from a personal perspective and from a band perspective. But when you write a record and you make a record and you put it out, you own the masters maybe and you own all that stuff, but you don't own how it's received. And I think part of the reason why bands like Spoon have that kind of success is because the records are received and considered and, and... still maintain some sort of relevance. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's really difficult to predict. Yeah. But, like, I would love to be doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, we admire the Spoons and Wilcos and Queens of the Stone Ages of the world who have maintained credibility and uh, made a real long-lasting career out of it and um, that's that's always that's always the goal, you know. But um, we're only like Steve said, like only time will tell, and we'll keep doing this as long as people care enough about it. And um, if we stop liking it or people stop liking us, then we'll just know, like, yeah, I mean, that happens to a million bands. Yeah, you know? but yeah, you have to be willing to recognize that too. I think sometimes. Just like you, you can end something when it should be ended. Yeah. Didn't you escape know? plan, like. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like to take examples outside of you know, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I think. The four of us like, to write songs, and that's a challenge. And making records that satisfy the four of us is a challenge. Yeah. And if we continue to work and feel like we're putting in the effort that we can with the time and the money that we have to make a record, and it's received in a way that makes this still a viable option and lifestyle, then why the hell not? Right? Yeah. And like, it's, it's important though, right? Like having the self-awareness to go, okay, like this, you know, like we do, I mean, obviously not with you guys, but in terms of like Dillinger and Seinfeld, like having that kind of 
groundedness to go, okay, this isn't what it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that like something I know? Do you, do you guys see yourself taking that into account? Yeah, like, when it's... No, no one wants to be the has-been bad, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, when it... I I hope that when it's time to move on, we'll all realize that, lucky for us, it's been building, and every show we play in, every market is bigger than the last one, and it feels good, but, like, and we're going to do another record, you know, but... Hey, I'm not talking like short term. Like, no, I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like when it <laughs> when the time comes, the time will come, and it will come. It comes for everybody, mm-hmm. uh, except for the few people yeah. who die doing the, it. Yeah, the lucky few. The lucky few. Wow. Kurt Cobain. I'm really bummed out. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> honestly, I don't people. think I don't think that's a bummer. <laughs> I think that's just the reality. It's yeah, like absolutely. you you can count on probably on your hands the number of artists that you as a person like. That we've played this game in the van before, as a matter of fact. Yeah, the, the, five, f- five records. A band that has made five good records that you still like. Name more than five of them. Right, cool. uh, and you, uh, okay. It's hard. It's fucking hard. Have you, you guys got any? Let's let's let. Wilco is one. That, that's a much more. Wilco, Queens of the Stone Age. Queens of the Stone Age. The ones that you've already named. Who else? Uh, uh, I, I I don't I don't believe in doing any of that. Beatles and uh, no, not like yeah, like seventies legacy acts, sixties and seventies legacy acts are kind of different. Contemporary stuff. It's a different I mean, world. Right? I mean, the thing is, I would put kind of Weezer in that category, yeah. although they've made far too oh, many hold on, records. Hold on, hold on. What fight? Like Pinkerton, blue, blue, green, green, green. red blue. is pretty good. Oh wow, not Maladroit. That's what. I like Maladroit. That's see, yeah. That's, okay, there's five. There's, I mean, there's, there's five, five right that I, I could get. The new one was fucking killer too. I haven't. I have oh, there, but, legit, oh my god, man! It's the best thing they've done in about fifteen years. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like it was like when I went to watch Force Awakens after seeing the prequels. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Why did they make those? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you could do this. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that was, we got to, what, four bands yeah, there? Yeah, there's Weezer. I'm sure I mean, if we thought about it some more, we can get to five. But, have you got any? But five, five great records by a band. It's tough. So I've got I've got a Weezer, uh, Death Cab. Mm-hmm. Death Probably Cab. Alkaline Trio for me. I reckon yeah. there's five Alkaline Trio records that I really like. But those are the only three that come to mind. Yeah, it's, it. it's super It's hard. hard. But there it is. Like, and, and that's not like, that's not saying five records in... Succession. No, no, just just in the career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't but then three album curves with where three consecutive albums are really good. Those are also super rare as well. Like, yeah, like, wow. yeah, like that. To me, that that's the measure of a favorite band. Is like if they've got three albums that they put out in a row that I fucking love. Yeah. Like then they're in the conversation to be my favorite band. Like mm. like the Menzing of the Menzingers have hit it. Like, right. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Like uh, jo- like you know, no pressure next. On the next album. But, yeah. Like, but yeah, and like, don't worry, it's gonna fucking suck. We already planned it. You gotta fucking have a goose egg. And then you come back on top of the world. Record number four. That's where it's at. You're you're planning planning (laughs) the back on form tour.